0: Welcome to the Middlesbrough Podcast, dedicated to the Red and White Army, hosted by Brad Barrett and Hamilton Wozniak. I'm going... Good evening, good morning, good afternoon to whoever's listening, but more importantly, good evening, Brad. How are you doing? Doing well, you? Can't complain, man. Uh, obviously, the weekend result could have been a bit better against Cardiff, but other than that, we are headed into our final match day, match day number forty-six, and I am looking forward to what is hopefully
1: a win. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. The win right away would seal the deal. I'd like to see that get get a nice end off to the year. Have Neil finish on a really strong note. It'd be be great for the end of the season here after Neil stepping in
0: in my mind boost my confidence of him staying with the club Uh, we get we'll get to our transfer talk a little bit later and what that looks like perhaps from his perspective and from our perspective Uh, but first let's talk about the win against Reading, which was the last game uh, that happened when we last dropped a pod so how did you um, enjoy that game Brad?
1: It was a win how could I not enjoy it?
0: It was it was more than a win. Uh, to me i felt like it was a perfect demonstration of what the team needs to do going forward when you go down a goal mm-hmm. uh, and that is fight and claw your way back into that game
1: absolutely and I felt like they were really able to do that which uh, we needed absolutely I mean the the attacking presence was consistent I mean you kept you kept waiting for it to just drop in because similarly to a lot of our other games we've had since since the restart I mean you've seen a lot of constant pressure with little result but the the kind of strikes they were getting on and chances they were taking, you could feel them inching closer and closer towards the back of that net and all of a sudden roberts knocks in that ricochet to seal the deal and get us three points which was phenomenal um but yeah just the just the resilience to be a goal down and for fletch to put in a great header at right before the half that was awesome um I mean, I think I think I, that
0: was pretty crucial. You know, absolutely, into that half.
1: absolutely. I think Neil mentioned like I don't think Burroughs come back from an 0-1 deficit this season. Going, going. When they go down first, they're losing 0-1. I don't think he, they've come back, is what he said. And he was like, "This is it. This will be the one."
0: <laughs> really, congratulations to Roberts on that goal. I think we've all been waiting for that moment. Um I mean, I loved the video that came out after the fact of George Seville just like dropping to his knees and throwing his arms up. You know, like, thank God. Yeah, the raw emotion shown there is unreal. I can't say that I didn't do that at home myself. <laughs> but glad, glad to pick up another away win. Um, all of our wins since the restart have been away, which does kind of lead to a question will we ever be able to win at home?
1: As long as we are lacking another central defender, I'm going to go with probably not. You know, I don't I don't think so. I think also the fact that we don't play with fans right now hurts. I mean, everyone loves having fans. And it's a little less inspiring for a team to go play in their stadium without fans. Unless you're Millwall. Millwall had it set up. I mean, those beautiful cardboard cutouts. They even had the Queen in there. A great dog. Like, come on. you got to rally for those.
0: Yeah, we need to get the the club needs to get on that. We want cardboard cutouts ASAP. Perhaps next season, if if fans aren't allowed to be there, there'll be a little bit more uh, lead-in time that the club can organize that. Brad, if that happens, we'll have to get one of our faces in that stadium. I nominate yours. Uh, thank you. Well, don't worry. We'll both be there. We can send <laughs> two and request that they sit together.
1: <laughs> or we could just, like, merge both of our faces into one. <laughs>
0: We could could just, like, cut off my face at the eyes and then just put up, like, the (laughs) top part of your head. (laughs) Uh, We can leave my mustache, which is a great time to talk about, yes, folks, I did indeed have a mustache on Saturday. He shaved it. our game against Cardiff. And I'm going to be quite frank with you all. I do feel somewhat partially responsible for that loss against Cardiff. I think the mustache carried a bit of ill will towards the team and I have gotten rid of it since. And I know the team does play based off of my facial hair.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. What a what a selfish move on your part to just keep going with the stash. Really disappointed in you. Expect a better performance next game.
0: I will be clean-shaven that much I can promise you. Let's talk let's talk a little bit about that loss against Cardiff. I felt like our errors were very similar. I felt like they kind of made us one-dimensional. That first goal was my dumpster fire play of the game. Just
1: that awful. Is that the, is that, is that the one uh, Johnson didn't go up in head?
0: The one where Morrison runs in to the fray, uh, Sean Morrison for Cardiff. Yeah, it was off four. a corner,
1: right? Yep. Yeah, this is the one. It goes right over Johnson's head. and The I think- only
0: person that touches him that entire time is his own player, who he moves out of the way to yeah. make his run.
1: No, uh, Neil, Neil Madison was going bonkers on the, uh, on the commentary as this was happening and was in utter disbelief that Marvin Johnson literally just watched it fly over his head. Didn't, didn't feel like boosting even the credit card hop off the turf to try and go take a, take a stab at it. I mean, he didn't have to try very hard. It was right there he just kind of watched it and it was really disappointing to see. I mean... That's just you just can't have that. I mean, you gotta have you gotta have someone going up for it, and the only person going up for it was behind Sean Morrison. Good luck,
0: <laughs> like yeah, no, and he's running with a full head of steam, you're
1: not gonna be able to he's a large he's a large boy. you're not gonna stop that guy.,
0: Ugh. but I feel like that is the story of the defense since the restart, if not, this season, you know, conceding soft goals. And not being able to put in a consistent performance week in and week out, which I think is really what we want.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. I mean, George Friend has done a heck of a job in in filling in at the center back position. That's not what he's known to play. I mean, he in the past he's been a prolific left left back and wing back. Um, so filling in and playing a center back role, little undersized, not quite able to physically stand up to some of those larger center backs in the box when they come in i mean that's it we just lacked size in a in a box when we're defending a corner um and that's something you hope to see in the transfer market when when you go and hopefully get yourself another center back to sit right in there next to dale fry because uh that's the only center back we got
0: (laughs) i mean people are leaving this defense very quickly yeah um and i'm we'll, we'll get to that in a in a brief moment but i do think you know that is pretty pretty indicative of the problems Mm -hmm. it's just inconsistent man yeah i mean there's there's not been a lot of
1: cohesion either i mean that's that's why you see a lot of miscommunication errors there's the the back line is constantly changing there's no consistency in the center um or even on the wings i mean it's just it's just tough because these guys are trying to scrape together their defensive back formation and work together and play off each other and they just haven't had the ability to. Yeah. And, and I
0: think part of that is probably uh, Warnock coming in, you know, and shaking things up. Yeah. Using different different players, but still that cohesion in the back line is pretty much non-existent.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and, that's, and it's tough. Very unique circumstances. Very little time to practice. Resuming this season after a two, three-month hiatus, like, Warnock was dealt a very crappy hand and... I think the best way forward was to just put the best players out there and try and inspire them to play as a team and hope that things strung together because, I mean, he's mentioned it, like, there is not a lot of time to work on things. They ultimately just have to get out there and leave it all in the field, and hopefully what you leave out there is enough to scrape together a point or three.
0: This is definitely one of the situations where you, you'd you look and you'd say, okay, maybe tactically you can you can beat a team with your tactics if you're smart, you know? However, we don't have the time so <laughs> yeah. we can
1: implement that's exactly what I'm a saying. tactic
0: way to 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 work yeah. around They're- the teams that we're playing. So it's basically just put out your athletes Man. and hope that they work harder than the guy across yeah. from them.
1: Make sure make sure they go cash in their chances, and that's what we struggled with is cashing it in. We've been uh we've been cashing uh, fraudulent checks thus far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they they have categorically been bouncing.
1: Yes, that is correct. <laughs>
0: that. <laughs> I wonder though if our if our home form will improve next season. What do you think?
1: I don't I don't know. I don't I mean, right now in soccer it's hard to say home versus away, big difference. Like it's the comfortability of a stadium, but without the presence of a fan of a fan base, like it's just another stadium, you know? Like maybe maybe there's some some nerves to playing in a historical stadium and things like that. But I mean I don't know enough from their perspective, but outside looking in home versus away and the current situation, not a big deal. It's just one game after the next because everyone's pumping in fan noise. There's, there's no, you don't get to see the emotion on people's faces. You don't get to look up and see the hundreds of thousands or whatever the numbers are. I mean, it's, there's just not that connection and tie to the fans. I mean, they're playing for themselves on the sideline and I think that's, that's the most indicative of how you're gonna do it at home is who, how how much of a cohesive team unit are you gonna to put together and how inspired is everyone gonna to be to play for the guy next to him.
0: Right, how much pride is there gonna be in that patch? Yeah,
1: and I and I, I think that's I think that's something that Neil has already started to impress upon those that are left. I mean, it's like he's made it very clear. Go just go leave it all on the field. If you can give me your best effort, I mean he's at least this is what he's relaying to the press is as long as they leave it out there he'll be relatively happy with the performance. <laughs> like he just wants to see 100% effort and he wants to know that people aren't just kind of throwing in the towel like all right well see you in league 1, you know? Like he wants to see these guys fight for it and I think we've seen some of that. Um on a on an overall level I th- I'd say we've relatively got that. There's some individuals where in a moment or two you kind of see him Miss a step and go whoops, they they slipped up there and but I don't I don't think there's any been anyone that's consistently kind of been shoddy and not very interested. Um, so I think that's nice to see at least is that inspired play for the team in the patch. Like you said, the Savile moment. I mean the raw emotion you saw there. Awesome.
0: Who got the red card on the weekend? Was it Housen at the very end?
1: Yeah, it was Housen. Oof. Yeah, 89th minute, so yeah, he's not going to play the next game.
0: No, he ain't playing the next game.
1: Oh, Halston. So
0: that is pretty frustrating for us. That definitely doesn't help no. the midfield situation or our defensive situation at all. Yeah, he's uh, a, to be honest, yeah. it feels like the team is dropping like flies <laughs> right now. What well, makes you uh, say that? Honestly, man. Well, okay, and this is a great point to transition into our transfer woos. In our transfer, woes Oh, good God. Holy cow. We're talking about like an exodus of every player on our team, is what it feels like.
1: Yeah, I mean, Neil Warnock, as politely as it was conveyed, asked Ravel Morrison to pack his bags and leave. <laughs>
0: Today, yeah, yeah, this morning. It wasn't featured on the weekend, even on the bench. Yeah. A longtime player at the club. Talks, or I believe his contract is up at the end of the month. June or not June, July thirtieth.
1: I say June's a little, so little late thinking,
0: guy. I'm thinking that he's probably going to leave as well. And reports, and I say reports, there is a lot of speculation that George Friend will be making an exit.
1: Yeah, that's probably that's probably the toughest loss out of the out of the three. I mean, I think I think assuming he plays this next game, I, I did read a stat line. I think uh, not entirely certain the validity, but I believe he's he'll be one game shy of 200 with burrow. Obviously he's done a lot for the club. And I mean that's the thing is like he's he's one of the guys I feel like while watching you see 100% effort from at all times. Maybe doesn't always make the right play, but he's messing up at 100%. I mean, he's laving it all out on that field. Um great photo after the game against Cardiff where he just kind of sat there and took it in realizing potentially that the end of the season and maybe even his career, if it's to be, is uh, nearing an end. So, who knows? I, I I'd hope to see him return in some some facet, whether it's a yeah player capacity, whether he returns in a media sense. There's been a lot of speculation on that. Uh, even as a I don't know a team admin assistant role, I think that'd be really cool to see.
0: I think it would be good to keep him. I think he's a good presence to have around the club, a servant of the club. And I think that image that circulated Twitter, I know we put it up on our account or retweeted it. You know, I couldn't help but feel that same emotion. You know, just like, I remember after the game ended, I just sat there and stared at my screen. (laughs) Like, what did I just watch?
1: You know, and then... The dismantling of a bruised and battered machine
0: <laughs> and and it was coupled with luton winning yeah over hull yeah
1: they were whole that was the that was the game where one of the them was not gonna it, make it
0: the entire game it was like zeros and then in like the 79th minute
1: you could kind of predict this
0: right something that is also talking or being talked about and discussed in that twitter sphere is potentially jed spence brad uh, and potentially him leaving the club, and I don't necessarily mean like he's leaving because he wants out, although I'm sure he <laughs> would like to play at a, at a higher level club. Well, I'm talking, uh, Being I think there's some clubs in the Premier League who are going fishing. Yes. Uh, and they have sent their lines out to Teesside.
1: I, I think that is accurate. I think his skill and his form have definitely been earned him that attention and oh man now now you're at a decision of does burrow look for a lofty price tag and give up on a very promising player and leave let let some other team develop him because man if they get the money for him gosh that could i could see them jumping on that i really hope i really hope he stays through the transfer window i hope we get him another season i'd love to see what Neil can provide a young eighteen year old kid, nineteen year old kid is just a, a mindset mentality for going out and playing with ten other guys each week. So
0: I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Brad. I think Neil is the only one who can keep him at the club. Yeah. Right now, in this moment. I think, you know, Neil's praised him, but I think that somebody, you know, Neil's gonna be able to get your career started in the right foot and kind of give you a bit of guidance. I mean, the guy's been around and just to briefly discuss the potential clubs that we're looking at, I'm going to run through and tell you reasons why certain clubs won't get him. So the first club that was, or one of the first clubs that I saw was Brighton. Uh, Jed Spencer's actually already had a, two professional tryouts with Brighton. However, it was said that he didn't really gel with the team, which is why he ended up at Middlesbrough. So I do not believe if he, if he, didn't gel back then. I don't think it's going to be any different. I don't think Brighton's going to land him. Southampton have also been linked. However, they're about to sign uh, Kyle Walker's Peters on, on a permanent deal from Tottenham. And to be honest, they have just a slew of defenders that are sitting in the bank waiting to be played or loaned out to Celtic as that club does. They are pretty deep, and they are doing well. Congrats to the Saints. Burnley, I don't think... It's going to go for a player like Spence. Um, He's a little more aggressive, and uh, the word is like accelerator to me. Whereas Burnley's much more lofty. We're just going to, you know, chunk the ball down the field. Uh, I don't want to say like they use like the punting offense mentality, but they definitely, you know, favor the long ball over the top. So those three clubs, I don't think are going to be good fits for him. I don't think he's going to end up there. Southampton probably could be a good fit, but I don't think he's going to be there. Sheffield United has a history with Warnock, so there's a potential there for that. However, I don't necessarily know if they're going to take him on immediately. West Ham, to me, seems a bit far-fetched in the sense that I don't think... They definitely need a defense, but I don't think the defense they're looking for is Spence. I think they're looking for a lot more veteran players.
1: I don't know. I I I think on that line of reasoning, I think... If, they, if they're in that desperate need of a defense, I think some young 18, 19 kid that can be a staple in your defense for the next five, six years, I think that's a great place to start.
0: That's true. Now, he could he could be purchased by them and kind of be baptized by fire. They just throw him into the mix, and I think that will really boost his, his stock. I don't know if he's going to be a five-year player there, though. So the final club, and I think the largest out of all of them, is probably Tottenham. Yeah. And I think they have legitimately the best chance. I think they have the bank to pursue the option. I think they have the drive to pursue an option. I know Jose Mourinho, there's an article in The Athletic. He praised uh, he praised Spence's ability in their FA Cup tie. And after the game, he went up and requested Chad Spence's shirt so or it was actually before the game in the tunnel they had an interaction because Spence played with Mourinho's son mm. in the academy at Tottenham so that to me is kind of a strong indicator that they already have a relationship absolutely and that Mourinho might go out there and pursue it uh, Mourinho is definitely gonna and Tottenham you know they're making moves elsewhere around the Premier League right now. They're throwing a lot of money in a lot of different places, so I wouldn't be surprised if they throw an offer, see if it, see if they get any traction, and if not, okay. I think best case for the club, what you mentioned before. Warnock convinces him to stay. I think he needs another year just to work on uh, finishing in front of goal, being a little more confident uh, on the ball, um, and really, like, I don't want to say creating his character but, you know, figuring out what are the traits that are going to define him as a player yeah. moving forward. I think that's what he needs, so that way he's better able to, you know, progress. Because I don't think Middlesbrough is, like, the pinnacle for him. Um, you sure, man? I think he's going to be a world—I think he's going to—I <laughs> know, I know. <laughs> but I think he's going to be a world-class player.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got the makings for it already, so.
0: So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Hopefully we can hold on to him over the summer. I think we can. However, you know, if there's an, an offer that is a sizable amount of money— I don't think the club can turn it down.
1: No, I mean, uh, yeah. At that point, I mean, we're already we're already gearing up for a big rebuild. So, if they get a big offer that gives them a lot of money to do things with, I could I could see them jumping on that and looking to make some hefty purchases around the leagues.
0: Talking about rebuilding, there has been talks that Warnock may or may not stay. It seems. I'm kind of split, to be honest, on the the Twitter side of things, how people feel about him, and, and the people that don't want him to stay, I don't think aren't pro neal I think that they believe, not to put words in their mouths, even though that's what I'm doing. Uh, but but there might, there, I think the consensus is that there might be um, a longer term solution and a better one. And one name, or there are a couple names seem floating. Um, I would love Steven Gerrard from Rangers should he come over and become available. Uh, and, and by that, the club is going to have to go out and get him. But I think that's the type of younger, younger manager that we need to propel the club forward. Um, John Terry at Aston Villa. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think Dean Smith and his coaching staff are going to be completely let go at the end of the season <laughs> um, with Villa. And I think John Terry might go out on his own. Might be uh, some potential there. Nigel Pearson... Recently fired from Watford, several fans have been interested in pursuing him. I think that's a, a a a man who has an established brand of football, who is young enough that will remain in the game for a number of years going forward. I don't think he's a bad pick. Oh my goodness, I just threw my pen across the
1: room. You're uh, you're you're fired up, man.
0: I'm I'm fired up, man. <laughs> I'm just so fired up. You can't
1: imagine uh, Warnock leaving next year. You you're you're really struggling talking about this.
0: I I don't want him to leave. I imagine like within a week of the, the season ending and our position being decided whether that's in League one or championship.
1: I got a, I got a question for you. What do you think about Burrow going and buying Roberts out from Man City after his stint on loan here?'ve I've been a little bit of a critic of Roberts, but the last couple games, I've seen a big improvement in just the way he plays within the team. The chances he's taking, and he looks a lot more comfortable. He's not trying to force as much necessarily. I think there's a possibility in doing that, getting a player back who's comfortable with the team. I think that would be awesome to see. What about you?
0: Putting me on the spot with that question, Brad, because it is a wonderful and fair question. I think the club, it depends on how much Man City's going to ask for him, but I would buy him in a heartbeat. You you got to think about the long term, right? You know this isn't a player. I don't I don't think Roberts is going to spend the majority of his career at Burrow, but I think he can spend the next key development phase with us, and perhaps with Neil. And maybe it's it's a similar situation where you know he and Spence um, stay with the club next season and really help help us finish at least mid table or above, because I think they have the ability to do that. But I really think it all comes down to you know how much money are we willing to pay for him you know and is it going to pan out to the point where he is going to be worth more at the end of it cuz cuz right we're it's a business and we're going to invest in a player like Roberts who you know played very well at Celtic then went up to Man City then loaned out to the Premier League side Norwich then got loaned out to Burrow maybe at this point he needs a little bit of stability with Burrow uh, so 100% here for it.
1: Yeah, I think I think if he can kind of continue the run he's had here at the end and show some good confidence and work on finding where he fits within the team game, I think there's a lot of good potential to have some good success next season. So I'd love to see him back in in the red and white.
0: Let's do a little bit of a look around the league. Congratulations to Leeds United on their promotion.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Wish it was
0: us, but congrats. Looking looking at Wigan Athletic's impending 12-point deduction, the EFL today released a statement, and I will read from it now. It says, In the case of Wigan Athletic, the 12-point supporting, sp- sporting sanction as a result of the club entering administration will apply immediately following the end of the game against Fulham but is subject to appeal. That being said, you would read that as a Middlesbrough fan, and recognize that, the moment all these games are done, we are going to be safe initially.
1: I mean, hey, if we get if we get if we get one point, then we're safe. We are safe. All we need is a single point. At that, if you don't get one, if you don't get one point, you're putting your fate in everyone else's hands.
0: And the, those those folks' hands would be Lutontown Town, Charlton, and
1: Birmingham. And, the and indip- also Wiggins. And, and like, the independent investigators or whatever, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I think overall it bodes pretty well.
1: Yeah. It, they're heading in. It does. It does feel good, but then at the same time there's the eerie sense of, good God, could we really screw this up too?
0: I, I think that sense is definitely, like, hanging around. <laughs> yeah, it I is absolutely it. hanging in the air. I certainly certainly feel it. It's, we'll it's, it's that
1: whole city vibe when, when they uh headed it up to the backside of the box. It's that feeling where... The air in your chest just like leaves,
0: Deflates. and you're left
1: breathless. And you're like, "Oh, good God, he's actually going to strike this." Oh, what do you know? He scored. <laughs> you know, it's that it's that waiting moment where, where you're like, "Oh God, the worst that could possibly happen is about to happen." Little little bit of subtle panicking going on, just concern. But gotta have faith in the boys. That they'll go get at least one. I think it'll be tough yeah, without it'll be tough without housing. Yeah, well, what's what's Chef at? They're at they're at fifty six points, so a couple slots ahead of us at sixteen. Um yeah, no house and that'll be tough. I think in his place I'd like to see Patty McNair step in. Other than that, I think I think I've I've been okay with seeing Spence playing up in essentially a right mid spot. Um I think it's worked alright. I think Savile will definitely be up in the middle with McNair is my guess. Um Granted, now that I think about it, you don't really have many other options. Um, no,
0: the team uh, we said it's dropping like flies. Yeah,
1: so. I mean, unless unless now he wants to go play Adam Clayton, but I don't I don't think so. Um, yeah, so I, I think it'll be the same starting lineup with McNair and for Houston. Um unless unless he defi- finds a little bit of confidence in Asamba Longa and starts him alongside Fletcher, but I I don't know I don't feel so strongly in that. I, I think I think the 4-wide will look good. Um, coming off the Cardiff game, actually, one thing I forgot to mention was Tav. Tav looked really good, and I was really happy about that. He'd been coming off the bench for the last couple games, for the most part. Um, and to see him start and have a really consistent, strong performance and be the basis of a lot of our offensive prowess was awesome to see. Um, love to see it. Want to see some more... Um, really excited about what that means for his future in Middlesbrough too and what what next year could potentially look like with with the direction he's trending.
0: I you know, iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. I think that's a that's a perfect way to to keep Neil in the fold and really find the diamond uh, in the rough with these these players. But we'll see. Just thinking and and looking at where I so both I was looking at, you know, where do the position and and um, ball possession statistics. Both clubs typically dominate – or the majority of the possession in-game is going to be in that middle field um, area. I think whenever we get into the final third, I think we are – so the majority of our shots, I'm looking at it now, 67% of the shots that we take come from the middle of the field. I think that number – and, and it's 15% on the left side, left side, 18% on the right side, I would like to see a bit more healthier spread uh, because a lot of the times we're taking those middle shots, they are just getting immediately blocked by somebody, and we're typically taking them within, like, inside the 18-yard box but outside the six. I think, you know, you're kind of asking for... I, I guess you do have the largest target there. However, there are far more defenders in the line of fire. I'd love to see... More right-sided shots, left-sided shots, uh, just to keep folks on their toes, knowing that we aren't always going to be crossing and then attacking in from the middle. We'll see. We'll see what Sheffield Wednesday um, do. They're probably going to force us into the middle. Looking at their stats, that's typically where most of their shots come from. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go 2-0 on the road. Goal from Spence. I think he's going to find it. Find
1: find spence. In the back of the Ooh, net okay.
0: yeah i know i know bold yeah gonna go I mean, he's gonna have
1: to basically run around a guy and sneak it in
0: spence and fletch well okay so I'd i love, just want to, to see one it
1: home. i'd love to see it um yeah i'd say i think it'll be oof, i think it's gonna be one oh and i'm gonna i'm giving it to tab i think tab's putting one on the back of the net he was he was he was itching for it last week i think i think he's gonna get get one this week
0: I, I am all aboard that prediction, Brad. Well, bud, it does appear to be that time. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, everybody, to listening. Please be sure to interact with us on, on Twitter at MiddlesbroughPod. Uh, we are your North American lads. Brad, as always, up the borough and cheers, mate. Up the borough. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Middlesbrough Podcast. And as always, up the borough.